It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Coming to you live on a sunny Monday afternoon. This is Nighttime at Noon, live from Studio 31 at City National Arena, talking all things Golden Knights to break up your start of the week. He's Derek Anglin. I'm Brian McCormick. Busy program scheduled for you. We're going to have Nick Waugh at the, uh, well, in the next few minutes here in segment one. We're also going to talk about some uh, some of the milestones recently passed and soon to come for certain VGK players who are in the midst of a heck of a winning streak right now, seven straight. And also we'll give you a little bit of a, a G League introduction as well as the NBA G League Ignite playing out of the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson have uh, gotten through their first two games of the regular season this past weekend. And Anthony McClish, the general manager of the Ignite, will join us at the bottom of the hour. Derek, uh, great to be here with you. We haven't done this in a while. Yeah, it's been uh, a while. Thanks thanks for having me on. We picked a good time to do this, too, because this, uh, the Golden Knights are at the top of the standings. They've won seven in a row, and then they're in the midst of a, uh, a road trip that they've won seven in a row, the road trip part of that. It's going really, really well so far. Yeah, it's been going great. I know I broadcast with Gary Lawless uh, a few games, last home game, and uh, you know, going into this road trip, we said, you know, three and two would be a decent trip. Come back, I think it would have been 11 and Seven and four record or something, and still really good or something around those yeah. those lines. But uh, they started off three and zero. They got a tough test tomorrow night in Toronto. They're playing a little bit better now. They beat Boston, Carolina lately, so uh, it's going to be a good matchup tomorrow. Yeah, Toronto was in the midst of what seemed like a little bit of panic time, even this early in the season with some uh, rough stretch. They've had a lot of trouble on the road. They've been much much better at home. Uh, but for the Vegas Golden Knights thus far, this road trip to out east. Again, you, you go in there with measured expectations of what you would sign off on at the start, what would be a successful trip. But the fact that they're having such a, a good clip here, uh, particularly when you think of all the, the question marks to start the year with new coaching staff, new uh, goaltending tandem at the back end, you know, the fact that they're off to the start they're on uh, in any event is, is impressive. But the fact that a difficult road trip out east hasn't slowed them down at all is probably more impressive than the record shows. Yeah, no, it's, you know, playing at home, it's it's a bit, lot different. Like you said, Toronto, they're struggling on the road and are better at home, but uh, the Knights didn't matter, you know, where where they've been. They've been uh, in every single game, you know, ahead most of the time in a lot of the games, and the only two teams they've lost to, Calgary and Colorado, are are both up there in the standings, uh, and are going to be up there in the standings uh, towards the end of the year. So, um Two tough tests that they lost, but uh, they've come to play every single game. They're right there with Colorado, right there with Calgary. And, um, you know, this road trip, starting off in Washington after a big overtime win here against Winnipeg, uh, getting that uh, second overtime win in a row, started the trip off right. And then, uh, you know, Ottawa, they're up 5-1 and probably take the foot off the gas a little bit. And the, that's a good team. It's a good young team that's going to, if you give them opportunities, they're going to put the puck in the back of the net. So, uh ends up a little closer than I think it should have been. And Montreal with their young talent too. And, you know, we saw Cole Caulfield factored in. Their young players came to play at Bell Center and the, and the Golden Knights were able to overcome that. And I think that's one of the fascinating things too. If you look at the goaltending numbers, both for Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill, both of them off to really, really good starts. But the way the Golden Knights are winning right now is if we need to win 2-1, we'll win 2-1. But if we need to win 5-4, we can do that too. It's a very, uh, it's a wide skill set that this VGK team is showing early in the season. And, and I think to myself, you know, there's a lot of things in the sport that we say are contagious. Winning can be contagious. Losing can be contagious. But in the sense of winning being contagious, and you could tell us firsthand, I got to think that's one of those things that like, hey, however you want to play, we can play. We can find a way in any kind of game. And right now they're doing that. 
yeah, it goes with confidence, you, you know, individually and as a team. Uh, the more you, the confidence level you play at uh, as an individual, the better your game's going to be. Um, and as a team, too, you're feeling confident. You're going into games knowing that you're going to have a chance to win every single one. And, um, you know, the depth that they're playing with right now is looking at the, the minutes played. And, um, you know, Petro's the most at under 24 minutes, and that's phenomenal. That's, yeah, that's uh, conservative. A couple, couple <laughs> minutes less than normally he probably plays. And, uh, you know, he might not need it right now, but towards the end of the year, um, you know, that two minutes every single game that he's not playing uh, – what he normally plays uh, is going to benefit them, and and you know you look at the fourth line; they're playing over ten minutes a night, so they're being they're able to spread the minutes out, and everyone's contributing. I thought uh, you know the fourth line in Montreal apparently was their their best line uh, all night long. So um, when your when your bottom six guys can pick up some slack and take that uh, some of the weight off the top end guys, and they know they don't have to do it every single game. You know, it lightens the load for them, and uh, I think makes them better too because they they don't have that pressure that they have to, you know, maybe Mitch Marner and yeah. Matthews have uh, right now with uh, how that they started. Uh, you, know, you know, it's it's all on them um, to bring it, and with the Knights starting nine and two and everyone contributing, it's a little less pressure on them. And we're going to have Nick Waugh on in just a few minutes. He'll be calling in, and he can give even more context to all of this. But one thing that you mentioned that I think is really interesting is the balance that this team has right now. Jack Eichel's off to a phenomenal start, but Jack Eichel, during this seven-game win streak, he has seven points. Jonathan Marcheseau has four. Riley Smith has seven points in seven games. That's good. But nobody's had to throw the load on their back and carry this team. The balance has been incredible. And I feel like usually that's when teams around January, February, you say, this team's mature, this team's hitting their stride, this team is well-balanced, and they look like they're ready to make a run into the spring. This feels early in a season for any team to have this kind of comfortable balance level that winning allows for, but it's also fitting the character of what Bruce Cassidy wants this team to be. Yeah, you know, he talked in camp about, uh, you know, your fourth line playing bigger minutes, so over 10 minutes uh, a night. And, and he challenged the guys who were auditioning he, for that fourth-line role. Like, he hey, called them out. We need this fourth line. It's not yeah. something we're throwing out there to give everyone else a break. We need this to be a contributing line, and, and that kind of lit a fire to start the season. Yeah, no, in the exhibition, I remember them calling them out and saying our fourth line's nowhere near. And since that time, since that game, that uh, they, they've just upped their level of play. And, um, you know, you look at the Calgary game, and he calls out the top guys on the power play. They had a chance to to tie the game uh, in Calgary and, and they didn't score. He calls them out and, you know, I thought they've been, their power plays looking really good, a lot better, um, you know, but those other guys stepped up. I think the top six forwards all have 10, 10 to 14 points. There's not a big gap between, like you said, they're all spreading it around and, you know, Nick Wall's right underneath there with, I think he has nine points or something. And so it's getting contributions from everyone. And I believe we do have Nick Wall on the phone with us now from Toronto. Nick, do we have you? Yep. Hey, guys. Nick, thanks for joining us on Nighttime at Noon. You're with Brian McCormick and Derek Anglin. We appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, you know, right off the hop, the easy question, uh, you guys have won seven in a row. Everything is uh, rosy. Everything's fun. How are things going so smooth? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been going really well since the start of the year. I think uh, um, everybody's uh, contributing. Um, every night could be first line or second line. It doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, we have contributions from every, everyone. So it's going well. Hey Nick, it's Derek here. How's it going? Hey Derek, really good. How are you? Good, good. How's uh, is it always nice going back to Montreal? Uh, I I know as a, I'm not from Montreal or anything like that, but it was always a, 
one of my favorite buildings to go in and play the atmosphere and everything and the hot dogs after the game that they have uh, are phenomenal but uh how is it going home and playing there and uh um, getting to see all the family and friends yeah it's always nice i really like to play uh play montreal i had a, a lot of friends and, and family in town so um but i also like the building i don't know it feels like the ice is uh is really nice there and uh in the building, there's a lot of energy. So, um, yeah, I always enjoy uh, playing Montreal. We're with Nick Waugh, Derek Anglin, boosting hot dog sales throughout the Vegas Valley during this lunch hour radio program of ours. Uh, Nick, we were just discussing, and you kind of alluded to it a moment ago, you guys are having such a great run right now, 11-2, seven straight wins, but you're not relying on any one person, any one line. Jack Eichel's off to a great start. Jonathan Marshall's off to a great start. But you've been getting contributions from every line, and you, we've seen significant utilization of every line and every pairing from Bruce Cassidy have are you are you at all surprised that you guys have this steady balance this early in the season um well not really surprised because we we really have a good lineup uh, we have a good a lot of good players obviously last year we we had so many injuries so uh yeah. that was that was different but we always knew um how many good players we got so it's nice we have like those, like you said, like Jack is obviously uh, one of the superstars in that league. But um, if we can help him out, like uh, like any other, any other lines, I think, and we've been doing that. That's what great uh, great teams do. So um, that's been going well so far. How's uh, looking forward to next two games? Are going to be two obviously big games uh, in Toronto, always a big one, and then in Buffalo with uh, Eichel returning and all that. Uh, Two tough teams. They're both playing well right now. What are you guys uh, looking looking for uh, against Toronto here? Well, Toronto's got a really good team. Um, they just won two uh, two uh, big games against uh, good teams. So um, they obviously have a lot of uh, good offensive players. So we're, we're going to have to play the same um, the same game we we've been playing. Play good defensively. Don't make too uh, too many turnovers because they don't cost you. So. Um, yeah, I'd say we, we, we've been playing good defensively, good breakouts. So I think we're a, a little bit the same way we've, we've been playing. We're with Nick Watt. Nick, I wonder now that you guys are moving through this this road trip, you have Toronto, you have Buffalo, but you've won the first three games of this road trip and you've been winning a lot overall. Maybe on the broadcast side, sometimes we make too much of the challenges of playing on the road. But does it get easier? Is, is the tail end of a road trip easier than the start of a road trip when you've been having success? Um. Yeah, I guess we we have good confidence in our in our group right now, and and we've been playing help, uh, playing well. So obviously that that helps. Um, but we're gonna have two really big matchups that are coming, so um, can take our our feet off the uh, off the gas, and we gotta play uh, play the same game we've been playing. Looking at some of your uh, teammates who are off to great starts this season, Jack Eichel, of course, better than a point per game, and we've also seen some of the overtime heroics from Jack as well. I wonder if from last season, seeing Jack when he joined the team and, and had not had a regular offseason to prepare for joining uh, the VGK, how does he look to you this year? Does he look like the exact same player as last spring, or is there a little bit more of the uh, the intangible factors, that that electricity and what he's bringing uh, early this year? Uh, obviously, last year was coming off a, a long uh, a long injury there, so he, ha- he hasn't played for, for a while. Um, I think this year you could tell just from – um, they won a training camp. He had a, a great summer. He, he worked out like uh, like a lot, and he's looking great. He's 
obviously when you look at him, every time he's got the puck, he's dangerous. He's he's moving well. He's got the the hands and a heavy shot. So he's got it all, and it, he's fun to watch for sure. The back end for you guys has been bringing a lot of production. Alex Petrangelo has 10 assists. Shea Theodore, the last couple of games we've seen Nick Haig and Zach Whitecloud find the back of the net. When I talked to some players at the start of the year, they said that the new system, the X's and O's brought by Bruce Cassidy, a lot, the defensemen liked it. They liked what it did in the D zone, and players who had a propensity to jump into the play, it allowed them to do that. The way you guys play, does it allow you to have uh, more of a, a five-man attack when you're trying to create offense? Yeah, I think so. I think we're playing more like a like a zone type of game. Um, we're letting the other team be on the outside. Uh, obviously, sometimes they're going to have longer possession, but um, it would lead to less uh, danger shot. Um, and usually, when we play we play a zone like that, we have if we recover the puck, we we're attacking as a five man unit. So um, yeah, I think that that helps us uh, a lot for sure. You talked about the confidence element, why you guys have been able to continue this success uh, in this seven-game run. But just on the on the non-technical side, how much fun is it to be winning and to, to have given yourself uh, just this much to feel good about through the first uh, few weeks of the season? Oh, it's awesome. Um, that's what you want to do. You want to win uh, with your team. That's, uh, there's no better feeling, and um, we're doing that right now. So um, it feels good, but we don't, we don't want to take your feet uh, of the gas, like I said earlier. Um, it's early in this season, and um, we got to keep getting better for sure. We're with Nick Waugh. One more before I let you go, Nick. Uh, you, you mentioned how uh, challenging an opponent Toronto is going to be uh, as you continue this road trip tomorrow night. But, you know, specifically when you look at some of the high-octane offensive weapons that they have, your Matthews, your Marners, John Tavares is off to a phenomenal start. What do you guys do in particular to try to lock them down, to, to, to take away – uh, scoring opportunities from a team that generates so much. Yeah, like uh, our breakouts are going to have to be on point for sure. Um, these on as we as we talked about, um, we're going to have to keep, it, keep these guys on the on the outside and don't give them uh, time and space. And obviously, in the neutral zone, we're going to have to uh, manage the puck and don't make uh, some easy turnovers for the for their offense to to go. Uh, go back so i think that's uh what we got to do tomorrow well nick we'll keep an eye out for it you're off to a great start this season as well you've got seven points already uh and we'll be watching the rest of this road trip and uh, looking forward to you guys getting back home but good luck in toronto thank you guys i appreciate it luck bud that was nick waugh forward for the vegas golden knights uh giving some perspective on why this team is going getting off to such a good start and he echoed what you said derek which is a lot of it comes from confidence and you can see that night in night out yeah, it's uh, you know, I knew when I played, when I played my best, it was uh, when I had confidence. Uh, it didn't matter the minutes, and it's uh, just a little thing. You're feeling confident with the puck. You're holding on to it for an extra second, making the right play instead of panicking with it and just trying to give your problem to someone else. Uh, when you're playing with confidence, you're, you're taking that extra second to make the right play, and and uh, you know, it just snow. Like you said, it's a contagious thing. You're making your confidence helps your partner's confidence or your line mate's part confidence, and um, you know you're going to have off nights and still be confident. But uh, that's when your partner or your line mates pick you up a little bit. And so far, uh, I think they've done a good job. You know, some guys are off, maybe having an off night, a different line or a different pairing is stepping up and and picking it up. Well, that's how I feel in this room too. When Darren Millard feels good, I feel good. Well, we're gonna. 
take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some milestones on the way. But before we do, one of the best rivalries in all of sports is coming to the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson on Thursday, December 15th. The U.S. and Canadian national women's hockey teams have battled on Olympic and World Championship stages for decades, and now they are coming to the Las Vegas Valley. Visit thedollarloancenter.com, thedollarloancenter.com, and get your tickets to see the best in the world battle on December 15th, U.S. and Canada. That's going to be a good one in Henderson. We'll step out when we come back. We're talking milestones. Martinez, Smith, and Marcia So. That's straight ahead on nighttime at noon. Derek Anglin, Brian McCormick here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And hey, Golden Knights fans, if you are in need of some new gear for the next game or want to show your VGK spirit, make sure you visit one of the Vegas Golden Knights official team stores, the Armory located at T-Mobile Arena, the Arsenal at City National Arena, and the Livery at Lifeguard Arena, also the Saddlery at the Dollar Loan Center. There's no shortage of options if you want to get your VGK swag out on the town. Visit our website VegasTeamStore.com VegasTeamStore.com or our social media at VGK Gear to get the latest updates on gear available to you as a Vegas Golden Knights enthusiast. He's Derek Anglin. I'm Brian McCormick. Vegas Golden Knights are riding high right now as they finish off their road trip through Eastern Canada and Western New York, Toronto, then Buffalo. Uh, and for the Golden Knights right now, Derek, you know, we, we've talked about the balance. The offense has been good. They've scored 14 goals in their last three games. They've given up 10, which is a little higher than has been characteristic to start this season. But that kind of trends back to what we were talking about before. They'll play any way you want to play. If, you're, if it's going to be a 2-1 game, they're going to lock things down. If they need to up the ante offensively a little bit, they can. And I think what's so encouraging for the Golden Knights right now is, as we mentioned, there's not one guy carrying the load. But the couple of guys who are contributing while not taking it all upon themselves are still point-per-game or close to point-per-game players. So I can't even say that no one's gone off yet. You've got a couple of guys who have. They just haven't been by themselves. Yeah, no, like you said, the top six, there's 10 points or more in, in you know, 13 games. So, like you said, almost a point a game for your top six. That's uh, impressive, you know. Um, Carlson's had a great start uh, this year, you know, a little off year last year, but... Like you said, they're getting contributions from everyone, and, you know, they're scoring goals. Uh, they're 14 goals in the last three games. They gave up 10, but, you know, like I said, at Ottawa, you're up 5-1. Maybe let the foot off the gas a little bit and let them back into the game a little bit more than you should have. But, uh, uh, you know, there's, so there might be a few goals there that uh, if it was a tight game, they wouldn't have given up, but they were able to score five right away. So they had a little bit of a cushion, and once you give up, you know, that that second or third goal, you know they get confidence and uh you know you're trying to trying to hold on then by then so um maybe the tens a little little off i guess <laughs> i would say in my opinion you know i wonder for uh you were a shutdown guy in your playing days so you weren't the guy necessarily who had uh nine goals in, in 11 games to start the season having said that though you played with some players who put up some pretty big numbers both in vegas in pittsburgh as well do the players that usually are looked to to be that guy, to carry the torch, or Crosby's and Malkins, they've got to appreciate when they've got some company. They still want to put up their point-per-game numbers, of course, but I'm sure it, it was easier on Sidney Crosby when Max Talbot's putting up numbers too. Yeah, no, for sure. They, they don't, you know, like I was talking about earlier, the pressure on those guys, you, you know, early, you, you're struggling early in the season, the, the pressure mounts, and you're almost gripping your stick a little more, and you know, when the points are coming for those guys, they just get better and better. And, um, you know, the the year we played the Winter Classic when yeah. Sid got hurt, 
he was on the most unbelievable pace. I think he had 54 points in 20 some game. Like it was, it was nuts. And you know, for a guy like me, stay at home D man, didn't get many points. It was so nice. They'd come through the neutral zone. You just give them a little five foot pass and they'd go down, score, <laughs> score a goal. You'd get an assist and you really did nothing because as soon as you see them, you just give them the puck and anytime they want it all the time. And you know, when they're feeling it, you get it to them even more yeah. because they're going to make stuff happen. That that makes me think of you know last night I was watching the uh, the football game with the, the Titans and the Chiefs and uh, Malik Willis threw a, a two yard pass and the guy scampered for fifty. It's like all right he's got he's one for one for fifty two yards. It's a yeah. good start to the game. It didn't get any better for Malik Willis, <laughs> but I can relate. Well, we said we we're going to talk a little bit about the milestones and uh, there have been some just met and a couple uh, to come. Uh, Alec Martinez and Riley Smith one game away from playing in number seven hundred and you know especially on the on the AHL side that I'm with every day sometimes I'll say oh so and so has their one hundredth. AHL game. Of course, you want to acknowledge it, but for that player, it's like, well, that's that's a season and a half. I hoped I would make a season yeah. and a half. 700 is is not the first round number you hit that means something significant, but it's definitely one of those that, that probably comes with some, some sentimental value for those guys. Yeah, anytime. You know, your 100's cool because yeah. you're, you're just breaking in the league still. You're still... It's affirming. Yeah, and, uh, you know, then you know every 100 is just more impressive as it goes, and you know, not everyone's Phil Kessel that can play a thousand in a row or whatever. in a row, yeah, close, close to coming in on it, I think right now. But uh, you know, that's a whole whole nother mar- marvel. That's insane. But uh, hitting seven hundreds, uh, amazing. I, you know, I remember my first game, and I ended up paying, I don't know, six hundred and sixty or seventy something or somewhere in there. Some, and you know, I just wanted one game in the NHL, and to play that many after it was just uh, every game was a bonus. So it was. Uh, to hit 700 is a huge milestone, and uh, you're getting closer to that uh, that thousand games. You were 671, and 55 playoffs. And yes, I did have this pulled up already. Oh, yeah. Don't ask me why. Yeah, that's but uh, nice work. <laughs> it's you know, it, it does make me think though. It's a great point. 700 is something to be proud of and excited about, and of course they will be. But I wonder if it's if it's a different experience for those players having just gone through the Phil Kessel <laughs> celebrations. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it, it has value. I don't know, I, I don't know how, I don't know how <laughs> you like the amount of guys that play eighty-two games on in one season for a team is, you know, if you have a handful, that's a lot of guys yeah. to get it through every game without injury or, you know, I remember in Calgary, I was about to play eighty-two games. I sat out the last game to rest for playoffs. You, you know, it didn't d- didn't matter if right. it's not just injury. Sometimes yeah, it just doesn't make good sense. Yeah, just, yeah. just rest. So for Phil to do it how many years 13 15 years and like that's it just blows my mind and and even more is through COVID yeah you know he didn't get shut down for COVID through two years so that's even another mind-blowing thing the man's impenetrable yeah uh the the other minds uh milestones worth mentioning and this just passed uh Jonathan Marceau hit 300 points uh with the Golden Knights in Montreal just the other day so that's 300 points as a member of the VGK uh, pretty good milestone as well, and just to show that uh, you know from the very beginning uh, of the VGK and the VGK success, not only did he instantly have an impact, but it's been a consistent impact ever since. Yeah, he's been, like you said, consistent. He's uh, he doesn't miss a lot of games. He, he battles through a lot, and uh, you know every they seem like every every year he you know exactly what you're gonna get from him. Um, he's gonna come up. He's gonna produce. Uh, y- you know you know exactly where you want him and. And he's been doing that consistently for going into six years now. And it also just demonstrates what a great find he was for George McPhee back at the 
the expansion draft time, the, the the way that Jonathan Marceau was, was made available to the VGK. But if you look at prior to that, 18 points in 45 games with Tampa Bay, 51 points in 75 games for Florida in 16-17. That was kind of kind of a breakout. But you knew he was a player with talent and potential before then. And then in Vegas is where he just got the full-blown opportunity. And, again, it wasn't that he had to grow into that role at the VGK. It was instant success. Yeah, and the even crazier thing, they throw in Riley Smith just for taking him. Just so. <laughs> Um, to get both those guys from from that, I don't. I hope to someday have my arm twisted that way for something. Yeah, <laughs> just I, I'd love to would love to been flying the wall when George and them were uh, coming up with the team and all the deals that they had going. It would have been uh, pretty cool to see and you know licking their chop. You're getting yeah. two phenomenal <laughs> players and from one team and uh, you know they've been the backbone of this team for five and a half years if now. We, if we get a recording of that exchange, ahead of, <laughs> no, wait, don't. Okay, fine, we'll yeah. play ball. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, good uh, good news for Jonathan Marciso and for Alec Martinez and Riley Smith. Uh, fun to come as well. We're going to hop out, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit. G League Ignite, the G League Ignite, the newest tenants of the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. Their general manager, Anthony McClish, will give us the lowdown both on the league and also the expectations for this squad that has some young superstar talent. That's straight ahead. Brian McCormick, Derek Englund here with you on Nighttime at Noon. You're listening to Fox Sports Las Vegas, the Golden Knights Radio Network. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. The NBA G League Ignite is here in Henderson. The G League Ignite set to play at the Dollar Loan Center for the 2022-23 season. It's your chance to see the top NBA prospects before they're drafted. Catch them in action and secure your single game or season tickets now. Seats starting at just $15. Visit thedollarloancenter.com. That's thedollarloancenter.com to get your tickets for G League Ignite basketball. And on that note, we are pleased to welcome to Nighttime at Noon, by the way, Brian McCormick, Derek Anglin, here with you on a Monday. Uh, we have the general manager of the G League Ignite, Anthony McClish, joining us on the line. And, uh, Anthony, thanks for taking the time. It's great to have you on the show. And you guys just had your first two regular season games this past weekend. Uh, I know not the results you guys were hoping for, but uh, your impressions of uh, the, the first couple of uh, games in the Dollar Loan Center environment, uh, and what you expect from this team going forward. Yeah, first of all, uh, guys, thanks so much for having me. Excited to get into the Valley and uh, get these games underway, like you said, so really excited uh, for that. Um, our guys love playing in the arena. Dollar Loan Center is beautiful, as I'm sure you both know. And uh, I, I think, you know, they showed why there's so much promise with the players and, and the talent that they have and the the projection that the, that they have, and then also, you know, they showed their youth there at the end. But um, they battled, and I think the important thing is to keep in mind, you know, we're getting everybody's best shot in the G League, and uh, these guys at a very young age in a unique position are uh, competing against pros that uh, have, have been pros for a number of years. And so, you know, we have to uh, acknowledge and appreciate that they're battling, they're getting in these games, they're, they're um, building leads, they're getting in endgame situations. Now we just have to continue to help them build habits so we can close out, get some W's. Anthony, for our, our uh, more hockey-focused fan base, the more hockey-focused members of our audience right now who may not be familiar with the G League, I would say it's very comparable to the American Hockey League, your, your AAA affiliates, if you will. Um, but this G League Ignite team is a little bit different in that it's not tied to any particular NBA parent club. Could you explain to the audience exactly what the G League, uh, the Ignite 
design and purpose is, what, what this team functions for? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And uh, coming from my background, um, you know, definitely think it's appropriate to consider the AHL G League AAA analogy definitely um, is on point. I think that one of the biggest differences, again, not being tied to the NBA or, you know, in the AHL's case in NHL, you're, you're much more straightforward in what you're looking to accomplish at the NBA level where, you know, depending on what the time timing might be different from a timeline standpoint, but you're looking to win games. You're looking to um, achieve some team success in a relatively short time frame. I think for Ignite is absent that tie to an NBA franchise. There's much more focus on development and not that there's not in the G League or not that there's not in AAA baseball or the AHL. But um, there's more of a balance, I would say, in um, aligning short-term and long-term goals, aligning the need to compete and get results with a development focus. And so that's what makes Ignite unique is that we're, we're truly a development environment. This is both for our draft-eligible players as well as um, some of the guys who are not draft-eligible, some of the veterans who have either been on NBA rosters, in some cases been former first-round picks or played overseas at a high level, there's still very much a development focus there too. So with respect to the opponents that we're playing against and the players that are on their rosters, of course we need to compete. We want to do well. Uh, we want to get some results. But it's much more of a development focus, more of a big-picture habit-building long-term focus than that you would have uh, if you're traditionally tied to an NBA or NHL franchise. That is interesting. We're talking to Anthony McClish, the general manager of the G League Ignite, because some of the players on your roster are, are with the Ignite instead of going the college route. So these are players that are draft eligible this coming season. So where other teams may have the uh, the interest or the the concern of, okay, this is what the parent club needs right now, you guys are able to focus on what does this player need to be the best version of himself when draft day comes around. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of teams and maybe with genuine intentions will pull each other together in the huddle and it's one, two, three family or, um, you know, one, two, three together and all of that. Right. But, um, but you can't get away from the business aspect of it when you're working in the NBA or NHL and you need to win games. Right. And in some, in some way, shape or form, at some point you got to win games or that's it. Whereas with us, we're truly genuinely, that's the only thing we're getting paid for as a staff and as a program is to help these guys get better. And they're all on different timelines. They're all on different, um, they all have different menus of, of skill sets that they need to build and at different times in their career. But that's our only focus is helping these guys get better as individuals within the context of the knowledge that we can present to them and the support that we can present to them that we know is coming when they, when they do take that next step and get drafted um, or join NBA teams in, in whatever team building capacity. Uh, we try to share all of those stories and all of those experiences. We try to surround our players with that and our staff. And that's the core and the foundation of our development. And it is, it's truly the only singular focus. So, you know, we go into games, we're trying to compete. It's, it's with a development lens as opposed to a results lens, if that makes sense. Definitely. Hey, hey Anthony, Derek England here. Um, you have Scoot Henderson, uh, it's a big name for NBA fans uh, everywhere. What makes him such a special player? Oh, gosh. Um, a, a long list, and um, I, I think uh, we would need more time on the show, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's ultra-competitive. Um, you know, you, you just love – he's so easy to cheer for because he loves the game. He loves his teammates. Um, I think if you come to our games or you watch on TV, 
I think you'll see the same enthusiasm that he brings when he's on the court. He brings it for his teammates off the court. And to have the balance and the combination of, of aggressiveness and competitiveness and relentlessness with humility and perspective and appreciation, um, he's, a, he's an incredible worker on and off the court. He works on his game. He watches film. He respects the game. He respects guys that come before him. He respects coaching and teaching. Um, he's been brought up by a great family. He's got a great support system around him. So I think the unique thing with him and, and just the, the privilege of being around him at this point in his life, really, forget career, but just life, is that he just got those, he just got all of those personality characteristics in combination. And then, uh, you know, for those who were able to watch our game yesterday or see some highlights, you know, he can, he can do the things. He can go dunk on people and, um, and make some incredible plays on the floor, too. So that always helps. Talking to general manager Anthony McClish of the NBA G League Ignite. You know, Anthony, when we deal with young hockey players that we talk to regularly, you know, for even those with superstar talented potential like a Scoot Henderson, part of what they need to learn is, is how to be a pro and the, the day in day out that that entails both on the court off the court on the ice off the ice uh of of being adults how much of that is is the task for the g league ignite as well not just to to make these guys better uh, basketball players but also to to build men out of them as well in the process no no question um and you know the nba season very similar to nhl where you're playing the same teams multiple times during the year uh at various times you're playing them in with short um, days in between, not many days in between, and then you could end up playing them in lengthy playoff series come, uh, you know, in, in the spring and early summer. So I think the idea that for us is everything that we do with these guys on a daily basis is with the lens of what we're preparing them for. And so, for example, we're, you know, we played Salt Lake City in a preseason game, and then we played them again about 10 days later, and later this month we're going to go play them again at their place. Um, next week we go to Oklahoma City and we play Oklahoma City's uh, minor league team, the Blue. Um, we played them in our home opener, and then we go on the road and we play them two games. And so, you know, trying to help these guys get put in situations where they can understand, hey, you know, it's important to know personnel and it's important to know tendencies because you get in these games in these end game moments, whether that be a third period for the NHL or a fourth period for basketball. And the small details matter, and the small details are the ones that separate the great players from the average ones and the great teams from the average ones. And um, it's, it's within that lens that we try to develop these guys and, and give them the support and the education that they need to be able to master those situations. Talking to G League Ignite, general manager Anthony McClish. Now you guys have a true home in Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center. How has that changed the way you guys have been able to go about business compared to the, the prior couple of years of, uh, of the Ignite team? Uh, it's, it's been incredible. Um, it's, you know, I think everyone in sports would agree, fans, players, staff alike, that uh, it's better to play at home and on the road. And um, the fans always help. The atmosphere helps. And then for us, you know, again, as a development program, building habits, building game day routines, um, building, building pre-practice, post-practice, pre-game, post-game routines is incredibly important. And so to not only have the facilities, uh, I mean, the Dollar Loan Center is an incredible facility. So to have the facilities, to, to have a home in Henderson relative to now you're, you're getting used to grocery stores and restaurants and the community as a whole, I think, again, in the lens of building habits and, and, and developing 
uh, a cadence to your professional and personal life and the integration of that, having a home in Henderson has been incredible for us. And I know I speak on behalf of all of our players and staff um, with how appreciative we are of it and how much we're looking forward to continuing to integrate into the community and getting a chance to meet the community. Anthony, for fans who are excited to watch G League basketball, I could be incorrect, but I feel like in recent years I've seen more utilization of the G League by NBA teams. I've seen more players back and forth, more draft picks being sent down, almost a more patient uh, approach for young players from the NBA. Now, I could be off base on that, but that's just kind of a anecdotal observation. How is the G League uh, evolving year by year uh, as a, a the talent in the league? Oh, it, it's been incredible. And, and for uh, perspective, I, I started my minor league work um, on behalf of an NBA team when it was still the D League, and I think there were maybe <laughs> 12 or 14 teams. And, you know, some teams were affiliated with like four or five NBA franchises. And so to to see the evolution of the league and the utilization of NBA teams, not only from a player standpoint, but a coach. I mean, there are all kinds of coaches um, that have that have come up from the minor leagues to then now be, be coaching in the NBA. Um, the numbers back it up. Uh, you know, I think almost 50% of NBA opening day rosters this year had, uh, of those players had G League experience. And, um, I mean, it's just it's been proven, I think, as a development tool um, for NBA teams, uh, the showcase in December is a fantastic, um, it, it, you know, it, it ties to its namesake. It's a, it's a showcase of an incredible amount of talent. And I think a lot of players now, you know, if you can't make the NBA or you're bouncing around, you know, it's difficult to stick on NBA rosters. Instead of playing overseas, they now have a home and can play domestically in the United States and uh, try to develop and get back to the NBA. And whether that be, you know, from, from the draft time or, or when they're veterans. And so the amount of talent, I think, that is present in the G League uh, for the fans and the players alike from a competitive standpoint that our guys are going up against, I think, is incredible. And it continues to grow. is on a positive trajectory still. Well, it's going to be really exciting at the Dollar Loan Center. And again, the way the Dollar Loan Center is, is built, uh, just the way the seats are arranged, uh, one of the more intimate, up-close uh, experiences fans are going to see uh, get to see some future superstars. Before we let you go, Anthony, one more question. It's it's kind of an unfair question to ask a general manager sometimes, but you know we talked about Scoot Henderson. That's a name we've heard a lot as this team uh, has prepared for the regular season. Uh, who are some other – I don't want to make a single anyone out. That's what's uncomfortable about it. But is there anyone else uh, that, that fans should really have an eye out for when they're coming down to the Dollar Loan Center, players that uh, are going to make a big impact this season? Well, I think what I'm excited about is, uh, you know, in Scoot's case, we have somebody from the United States that's more domestic. But I think uh, the exciting thing with Ignite is we've been able to blend in a lot of young players that are both from the United States and also then from overseas. You know, we had a player last year named Dyson Daniels, who was the um, uh, top 10 pick for New Orleans, came from our global academy in Australia within the NBA umbrella. And so whether that be a CD Sissoko or um, somebody from, you know, came up from France who brings an international flavor to his game, um, or a, a Leonard Miller, Leonard Miller, who is uh, draft eligible this year, who, bless his heart, I thought he had a game winner yesterday with about two seconds left, um, and um, only to come up a little bit short. But I told him today, I said, look, you know, you're going to get one of those um, at some point. So I think with Ignite, the exciting thing, again, we have a number of young players, there are multiple players who are draft eligible, but it's both from the United States coming up domestically as well as then bringing in some international players who have either come up from NBA academies um, or have uh, come up and, and, and um, 
and been groomed in the international game, and they'll bring their expertise both on and off the court to our program. Well, it's a great product, and it's a lot of really talented young players uh, with bright futures ahead of them, too. And we're really looking forward to seeing them at the Dollar Loan Center all season long. Anthony McClish, the general manager of the NBA's G League Ignite, thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon. Uh, we appreciate it and look forward to seeing what you guys do all season long. Much appreciated. Thank you, guys. And that was Anthony McClish. Uh, it's going to be a fun atmosphere. And uh, I'll tell you what, between G League basketball, the Silver Knights, and the Nighthawks IFL, that starts up again in the spring. That's a, that's a busy building in Henderson, isn't it? Yeah, that's what you want in there, though. It's a uh, it's, it's perfect, perfect building. I played in a lot of different buildings through the minor leagues, and uh, that's, that's right up where with, with the best uh, um, that I've seen. So um, it's always nice to have a, a nice home, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I've Went to the Nighthawks game last last year and took my family and awesome time. So I'm excited to go and check out the G League. And add the 11 and two Golden Knights. And there's something on every night. So good time to be a Vegas sports fan. We will take a break, but when we come back, we'll take a look around the National Hockey League. Some stories to discuss, and that includes the passing of Colorado Avalanche broadcaster and uh, longtime hockey great Peter McNabb. We will discuss on the other side, along with Derek Englund, Brian McCormick here with you on Nighttime at Noon. You're listening to Fox Sports Las Vegas, the Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The spectacular Hotel Californian in Santa Barbara, California, is a crown jewel in the Foley Entertainment Group, located right by the ocean. Experience oceanside views in one of 121 luxury guest rooms and suites. Taste the region's finest wine in the at the Society State and Mason Tasting Room, and treat yourself to an unparalleled massage at Majorelle, all in the heart of the American Riviera. Designed for domestic and international guests alike, Hotel Californian is the perfect destination for any traveler seeking a one-of-a-kind luxury experience. Visit HotelCalifornian.com today, HotelCalifornian.com, and book your next stay. Back in Studio 31 at City National Arena on a sunny Monday afternoon, along with Derek Englund, I am Brian McCormick. Golden Knights continuing their road trip. Uh, two more stops in Toronto and Buffalo. They'll be in Toronto tomorrow night. Uh, let's take a, a broader look around the National Hockey League, and we'll start with some discipline handed down. I feel like it's been a relatively quiet start to the season in terms of uh, NHL player safety and supplementary discipline, but we had some entries this past week, uh, starting with one that uh, Golden Knight fans know pretty well. Josh Anderson suspended for his hit on Alex Petrangelo, uh, which when you watch it back, it uh, it looks just as dangerous now as it did live. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those hits that, uh, you know, he plays. Anderson, I, I love the way he plays. He's he's on that, uh, plays on the line. He plays a tough, tough, hard game, and, uh, you know, he hit, buries him from behind. He's It's at that you know, distance from the, the the boards that is uh you know that scary distance where you can hit your head uh, into the boards, you, you know your neck. You're worried about that, but uh, fortunately he was all right, uh, um, and that's probably the reason he only got two games. He yeah. gets hurt there. It's probably a lot more. So um, scary hits. It always is. You never want to see those. But uh, just glad he's all right and uh, still able to play. So it is two games for Josh Anderson. It's also two games for Matthew Kachuk. His was a little less uh, flagrant to the naked eye. You, you may not have seen what Matthew Kachuk did if you were sitting in the 300s. You could see the Petrangelo hit that came from Josh Anderson. Matthew Kachuk, more so in a net front scrum, uh, 
looked like he reached with the toe of his blade through the mask of Jonathan Quick, uh, and I think maybe poked him in the eye. I mean, I don't think Matthew Kachuk was aiming for anything in particular other than to get through the hole, uh, but he's been suspended for two games as well. You mentioned that Josh Anderson, he brings the uh, the heavy grit to his game. Matthew Kachuk brings that. He brings point production and a little bit of agitation as well, and this was, I guess, in that category for him. Yeah, he brings a, a lot of agitation. Uh, <laughs> I played with him in Calgary. I, then we played against each other here, and we were at each other all the time. Love the kid. He's a great kid, great family. Um, but he definitely plays on that, maybe lacrosse the line a little bit uh, sometimes, you, you know, but he's very effective at it. He gets under your skins. Obviously, that's, uh, you know, I don't know if he's trying to get the eye or anything like right. that, but that's one of those things that uh, you don't need out there. You, you know, could go without it. I'm sure he, he probably uh, shaking his head at himself after that one, but, um, you know, he's another guy that plays that fine line of, you know, and not, not makes replaced, him effective. Not a place to crawl inside his head either. And like I said, is he reaching in there trying to uh, to poke Jonathan Quick in the eye or whatnot? I would presume not. Yeah. Just as much as when Brad Marchand gets in someone's face, he's not trying to do anything. He's just trying to annoy you and get inside your head. And as yeah. you mentioned, for Matthew Kachuk, it works. Uh, here it's going to cost him a couple of games. But uh, I do wonder, expanding beyond that, the Matthew Kachuk addition to Florida, now that we've gone a, a month into the season, what that brings for them that they didn't have already. Because he's a point-per-game talent, but he also brings that little bit of grit that any team looking to make the next step and be more competitive in the playoffs, you can argue they need. Now, that didn't necessarily push Calgary past the point they needed when Kachuk was there and Daryl Sutter said as much. But does that element added to Florida make them better? Yeah. I, you know, I, tough question. I play, yeah, it is a tough question. I played with Chucky, like I said. He... Uh, He's the the guy you hate to play against, but you want him on your team. He he does play that fine line, um, plays hard. He goes to the net front. He doesn't doesn't care what you do to him. He's going to go there continuously. And then his skill set is uh, he's got some great hands on him for a bigger guy that uh, plays that role. He's he's extremely skilled, uh, great hand eye coordination. So I definitely think um, you know even in in Calgary when I played with him they. You know, he was taking penalties, but everyone was getting mad at him and stuff. But they brought the fact, the, the facts to us. They're like, yeah, he takes 10 penalties, but he draws 30. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, you're spearing your spearing your goalie. I'm going to go take a penalty on him because you don't want him in there. You know, so it's... The classic cost-benefit analysis. Exactly. And you, you don't realize how much he does draw because he is that... Brad Marchand, he, he just, takes he, 10, he draws 30, but he puts up 95 to 100. You're yeah, going to take it. Exactly, all day. You're, he's the guy you want on your team, especially come playoff times. Last bit of news to touch on. Uh, the hockey world lost a, uh, a beloved member of the broadcast team, and that is Peter McNabb, who has been the voice, uh, the, the color commentator for the Colorado Avalanche uh, for many years, also played professionally with the Sabres, Bruins, uh, Canucks and Devils, a member of the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame, lost his battle with cancer, gone at the age of 70, and he will be very uh, dearly missed. And with that, that will conclude our broadcast afternoon. Special thanks to Anthony McClish, the general manager of the G League Ignite. Also a thank you to Nick Waugh as well for joining us on the program this afternoon. Vegas Golden Knights are going to be in Toronto tomorrow. Derek, how are you going to be watching? I'm going to be right here in the studio broadcasting with Millard tomorrow night. Well, perfect then. You guys will have some fun. Throw throw Millard a couple of curveballs. Don't let him I'll hold. I try. I try yeah. to keep him. Pro- Don't let him know. wield the hammer all the time. Yeah, he's got to throw a loop here and there. 
a fun afternoon. Thanks all for joining us next week on uh, Nighttime at Noon. Look forward to having you back here. In the meantime, enjoy the Golden Knights and the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow night. With Derek Englund, I'm Brian McCormick. Thanks for joining us. Nighttime at Noon.